The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I've got a feeling, a feeling I can't No, I cannot. I, I, I'll get you still in a second. I don't think it, our listeners will, Mark. If you can't hurry, just let me know. Uh, I'm letting you know. I'm going to give you the uh, the latest IRS and regulations, if that's okay. Uh, oh, okay. Wow, Carrie, what's going on? <laughs> More, You know what? It gets crazier every week. All right. So I've got a feeling, Carrie, that <laughs> we've got a new presidential candidate. I don't know. The slow Joe train has left the station, Carrie. Its first stop was Dunmore, right? PA. Out of Scranton, USA. I, nobody's done more from the basement than Joe Biden. Here we go. We thought in our administration we should lower the tax in the high 30s to 28 percent, the lower to 21. I'm going to raise it back up to 28. Provide hundreds of billions of dollars to invest in the growth of this country. And the days of Amazon paying nothing in federal income tax will be over. Let's make sure. Their workers have a power and the voice. It's way past time we put an end to the era of shareholder capitalism. The idea, the only responsibility a corporation has is to shareholders. <coughs> That's simply not true. It's an absolute farce. Is it mean wealthy? Their workers, <laughs> their I don't know. That was like a pretty bad cough. He's not wearing a mask, by the way. These are basic values and principles that help build this nation in the first instance. Now the challenge is to take these fundamental values. Actually, he did better than I thought he would on this first stop. We have to build in the years ahead. And folks, it's not sufficient to build back. We have to build back better. There's the line, Carrie. That's what my plan is. Build, build back, back better. Oh. So that's his uh, motto. Build back B-B-B. better. BBB. Triple Bs. Build yeah. back better. Maybe you can remember that one. All right. Triple uh, B. You found Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. This is the uh, state planning team's financial food for thought. Carrie, get us started. I'll talk a little bit more about Joe's BBB plan, All the right. triple B plan, because uh, it's in, some things are interesting there. You know, he, he mentioned the 5 million jobs mm-hmm. Carrie's going to create, right? And I'll, I'll shovel ready, Carrie. Right. right. Let's go. Okay. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial. Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful advice and information on issues that can impact your lifestyle and long-term financial stability, whether you're working and thinking about when I can ever afford to retire, what steps I should take to protect that um, during my working years, or if you're already in retirement and maybe you are worried about um how long your money's going to last, rising health care costs, inflation, 
market volatility. I know last week, and I think you're going to talk again, Mark, about, you know, we talked to people about risk and how much risk they should really be taking. And are you taking on more risk than you need to to be okay? And it's not it's not always the risk. It, it, it the, the, the concept too, Carrie, is just the idea of that what rate of return that you've gotten historically based on some set investment allocation you know i'll I'm, i'll talk about the 60 40 which is a you know true and tried you know very popular allocation for decades right mm-hmm. you know 60% growth 40% fixed but what that historically has returned to you over the last 30 40 years or even the last 15 years or 10 years may not be what you can hang your head on for the next 10 to 15 years mm-hmm. because it's different this time meaning that we have extraordinary low income you know I'm you know interest rate world right. you know interest rate world globally and you know this a stock market that you know I don't know you know is is it going to be able to in, in a in a slow growth economy when we're looking at a global GDP growth of under two percent how how growth oriented can stocks be mm-hmm. um, you know so it's that combination of saying that if you were building your financial plan based on a, a, a historical rate of return that the 6040 has done you, you might want to you know build your plan R you know and and just an alternative plan the Rona plan and say what happens if i get a little bit less than that the uh, the 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 other approach is what you were mentioning is that some people feel that if their plan was you know they want to maintain that lifestyle that that their original plan A had right based on they thought they could get x percent rate of return on their 6040 they don't want to give up that lifestyle right. they don't want to work longer they don't want to you know cut out the hawaii trips so there are the, their other alternative is to take more risk right. you know to move your equity position up to 65 70 do i hear 80 right and therein lies the danger Right. And that's a good example of what we do. Um, the show is sponsored by the estate planning team. We've been around more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area. What we do is financial modeling and build custom financial plans. We don't do investments. We look at people's assets in terms of risk, growth, and future tax efficiency. Um, but we're an Ohio-registered fee-based fiduciary planning firm with what we do is provide people objective and biased information. And I said we help people who are working or already retired. But we also, since I had the question for somebody who called for a free consultation last week, that we do help people, whether you're single, married, second marriages, sometimes people are going through a divorce or recently and want to know how does that affect? Because certainly a divorce and splitting assets um, can definitely be a game changer. Um, whatever it is um, that you're dealing with or you're faced with maybe being laid off permanently or forced out, buyouts, whatever that is, what we do is do enough number crunching so that people can understand how that decision affects the long-term plan. We, As much as we talk about you know, creating future tax-efficient income, spending to make sure people don't run out of money, but also um, addressing financial disruptors and building those alternative plans so you know if we have a slow recovery, if we have another market downturn, if whatever happens, um, then you know modeling what you can do and what choices you can make. And by making those better objective choices, you're going to put yourself in a better decision-making mode. And as many problems as there are out there, there are plenty of opportunities and many opportunities that people have, especially if you're already taking minimum required distribution with the CARES Act. So Take advantage of those opportunities. We do offer a free no-obligation consultation, and we are A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau, that BBB, not Biden's BBB, (laughs) and the Angie's List Super Service Award for multiple years. We offer consultations right now. We're meeting in person with masks now or by phone, whatever you prefer, um, to see if and how you can benefit. And like our plans are customized, so our fees, we have some hourly options and comprehensive retainer fees, um, but they're affordable. And if you want to come in and just see what you're missing, what you can do about your financial life, um, that's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. All right, you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. 
The estate planning team has been building custom financial plans for Cleveland families for over 35 years. So what's in the Bidenville Black Bag Better Plan, Perry? Taxes, taxes, taxes. So the Build Back Better. Biden's Build Back Better, right? Okay, it's $700 billion. Um, so what's in it? Okay, they're, they're calling for the $15 federal minimum wage, um, 12 weeks paid family leave, mandatory uh, for everyone, universal pre-K for ages 3 to 4. This is what all millennials love, right, Carrie? I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is the Green New Deal, right? Um, this is the Democratic Socialist agenda. Ugh. Um, Which is... And a fed back payment platform so where the the federal government is just going to buy the goods yeah. um, from the american companies um so under this proposal 400 billion uh, would go to increasing government purchases of domestically produced goods during his first term the, uh, and then the other 300 billion would be invested in research and development related to u.s technology and clean energy initiatives can you say uh Solandra, carrie Oh my God. Um, so you know, how are they going to pay for it? Um, well, you we're going to pay for it. Well, the the the, the big bad corporations are going to pay, and for I it. think taxpayers are going to pay for it. Um, but because our, or, or consumers, bottom line, because if corporations paying for it, guess what? Consumers somehow how are they're going? It's going to trickle well, down to the rest of us. It's going to be interesting how how Amazon. Re- reacts to Seattle just trying to put in the uh, Amazon tax again, right? You know, mm-hmm. so um, they're doing it again. Remember, Amazon, you know, effectively stopped the first round when they tried to do it. So now the Seattle's going back to the till. This time they think they've got something that'll work. I, I, I mean, would you blame Bezos for just moving out of Seattle? I mean, I, I mean, can he just move across the county line or the city line or whatever? And I, I just, it's gonna be interesting to see how. Uh, amazing. Now, when federal taxes raise, you know, you, the companies just can't move across this, uh, the 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 block, right, Gary? Um, but it, you know, when cities and locals try to do it, it'll be interesting. Um, so you heard Joe Biden say, yeah, he wants to raise the corporate tax rate back up. Also, you know, you know, he's going to raise. He wants to raise um, the individual, the the top individual rate right. back up to thirty nine point six percent. You know where it was. Um, let's see. Um, also, you know, he, 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 something about antitrust reviews and and recent mergers. Um, he wants to restore net neutrality. Nobody understood that anyways, but, um, did, do we, do we miss it when we had net neutrality or we didn't have net neutrality? Where were all these horror stories? If they took it away, we were going to like not be able to get on the line. Remember all that? Yeah. I don't know where that went. I mean, did anyone miss net neutrality? <laughs> I mean, I, I still get on online. Carrie, do you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the big... What I about... Know, capi- follow the money there. What about guys. capital gains, Mark? All right, so let's say how he's going to pay for it. Okay, well, um, as far as the capital gains, um, yes, he wants to eliminate the... You know, right now, there's uh, you have a zero long-term capital gain rate up to certain income thresholds. Then you've got the 15%. And then if you're in the high, high income, you have a 20%. And then perhaps the Obamacare surtax on net investment income if you're over that $250,000 threshold. So it's graduated, but most, you know, and, and but the, here's the thing, why why the Democrats are going off after the low long-term capital gains rate is because they're saying only rich people in America take advantage of it. So no one, you know, no one in the middle class is going to miss a uh, a low long term capital gains rate because they're not investing in stocks anyways. You know, if, 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 you know, quite frankly, if anyone is investing in middle America, it's probably in a four hundred one k right, Carrie, mm-hmm. or tax qualified plan. So they're not getting the benefit of the capital gains anyways, right? So yeah, so he would, um, you know, um, and but he'd put thresholds in. So his idea. Eliminate the low favorable long-term capital gains, you know, for those making more than a million. Okay. Now, I don't know how he's defining a million, um, but, you know, it, it, it's just the idea that there's some thresholds. So back to the idea that, you know, like the old estate tax threshold, Carrie, you know, what's the exemption amount? 
So he's saying, yeah, if you're making a million dollars of income, okay, you don't lo- you no longer get the low long term capital gains tax rate. Um, and then on top of that, in other words, it'd just be taxed, I assume, as ordinary income, which he wants to raise to thirty nine point six. So you're going from a 15% capital gain rate to a 39.6 income tax rate. That's quite a jump. That is. Um, now, um, the, the the other thing is he you know he's he he's it's something in his plan that he wants to address the Social Security um, funding level, right? Which we all know is a problem, right? And. It's what we said. When did we start talking about Carrie about how we've been fix talking a lot of it because they've had a lot of since maybe fifteen years we've been talking right? about it. Um, and the fixes that are right and, that are in the works, they and, just haven't voted and on. And the it. one that we all know they're going to do, they just haven't done it yet, is they're going to raise the cap. Right. Uh, so currently, right now, you know, the first hundred and thirty-seven thousand seven hundred of your taxable wages is subject to that twelve point four percent Social Security tax comes out of your payroll, right? right? Paycheck, right? And your company pays half of it and you pay half of it. Um, unless you're self-employed. Then you pay all of it, but you get to deduct half of it. So, right. you know, same thing. Um, so, you know, that would... So, the, but what, why people say that's unfair is, you know, when you have, you know, Jeff Bezos, who, you know, what's $137,700 to Jeff, right? Um, so the idea, Biden's plan is that Anything over four hundred thousand dollars, there is no cap after that. Right, which that's going to solve. I mean, that's a big chunk. And now there's this donut hole between the one thirty-seven and seven hundred. I'm sorry, the one thirty-seven, seven hundred, and the four hundred. Right. So that's so we're somewhat questioning what's going to happen there. But the interesting thing is, see why it is a funny number one thirty-seven, seven hundred is because it goes up every year with inflation. It goes up inflation. But I believe the way Biden is writing, you know, the four hundred thousand carry. Guess what? It's a flat without inflation. It doesn't go up. Well, do they not know because of the AMT and other things, they need to write laws, yeah, tax that, laws with inflation? Yeah, but that's a good way to raise revenues. Oh, uh, right. Be- because but because eventually the 137.7 will right, go well, up to 400000 Right. What I'm thinking about like AMT, where it wasn't intended yeah. for, but a lot of people paid a lot of taxes. Right. I think this one is Maybe intentional. Is de- I was going to say, is it deliberate? Um, now, um now, remember, this isn't law, right? We're a long way from this becoming law. It's just that, you know, that now that Joe Biden's train is out and rolling, he's out of the basement, I just want, you know, we're, we're listening to see what he says. Um, the other one, of course, is he wants to eliminate the step up in basis. That's a big one. And so you're not, is he going to, if he doesn't touch a state tax, I'm thinking step up in basis can hurt a lot of families. If you're or, not, yeah. Now, if you're not familiar with that, that's the current, you know, very favorable tax treatment when you pass assets, you know, to non-spouses, you know, you know, because there's a free transfer of wealth between spouses, right? But anytime you're passing capital appreciating assets, whether it be stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, mutual funds, any, anything that you're getting right. capital appreciation on, um, you know, at the time of your death, it, you know, if you never sold it during your lifetime, you never had to pay because you never realized the capital gain, right? They were unrealized capital gains at the time you died. Well, the, your heirs get the step up in basis. They get the value of the date of death. So if you bought your house for $150,000 and it was worth $200,000 on the day of your death, you leave it to your, you know, kids, they sell the house for 200000 they don't owe any capital gains tax on it. Right? But under Joe Biden's plan, they have to pay 50000 of capital gains right. tax. And it's interesting because this is, you know, Joe isn't the first one to come up with this idea. Right. This has been, you know, bounced around. I, I was going to say, I don't think it's Joe's idea, by the way. <laughs> Has Joe had an idea? I don't think so. He was busy in that basement, Carrie. Like I said, no one's accomplished more from the basement than Joe Biden. Um, but the, the the so in the in the prior in, in in the in the history of taking away or potentially eliminating the step up in basis, there's always been a again a level of exemption uh, similar to the federal state tax exemption. Right. Um, but I don't think there is in Joe's plan. Right, because it's intentional. So I don't think there's an exemption level, meaning nobody gets a step up in basis. Which, boy, if your parents kept their home for a very long time, which we have clients that did that passed to their kids, they had that home since, you know, 1960, 1970. Ugh. Well, Ouch. And, well, the other thing, too, is not only that, Carrie, I mean, 
But the problem with the uh, calculating the basis, see, see, that was always a problem in the past because the kids didn't know what dad paid for the stocks and the mutual right. funds. Well, see, the, the government tried to put that fix in a number of years ago, right? Remember when they made it mandatory for the custodians, the brokers, yeah, to but keep that's track in a recent of the basis. Pass. But if it's right. beyond that, that's there's we've some, had clients that have very difficult culty trying to find out because yeah. they've owned it for 30 years for they weren't doing that even 20 years ago 10 i don't even know is it maybe 10 years ago because we ran out of people trying to track down basis and companies right. or if they had an annuity or an ira and a or not an ira annuity or some other asset that got maybe moved from broker to broker nobody had the basis right so so it, it, and 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 it was a grandfather thing. So, yeah, that's why when you get that, you know, complicated 1099B from your brokerage, you know, you when you get when you get to the uh, capital gains or the proceeds from sales and stuff like that, there's usually now a distinction between covered positions and non-covered positions, meaning that the non-covered positions, the, the custodian isn't keeping track of the basis because they were grandfathered because you didn't buy it through them maybe originally. So they're not responsible for the basis. But, but eventually that's going to just, time out again because mm-hmm. all you know, you know it's just going to get past the time where anyone's got you know everything's going to be covered eventually just because of uh attrition um so anyway so you know again not we always said you know especially in uh presidential election years that don't get too excited about the candidates you know claims because by, by himself you know if joe biden wins the white house he doesn't have the power to change tax law. You still need Congress votes. And that right. means the 50 votes, 50 uh, percent of the votes in the House and mm-hmm. the 60 votes in the Senate. And unless you, one of the two Dem- uh, Democrat or Republican parties get all that control that, you know, then then you just get the stalemate, which is what we've been, uh, you know, having, you know, for, for a long time. So, you know, but it's just the idea that we will continue to watch um, now that Joe Biden's out of the basement and we'll see what what he goes. And and as we learn more about the triple B plan, the build back better, we'll keep you informed. Right. And um, call us at the estate planning team for a free no obligation consultation. We're here to help whether you're working or retired. What we do is the financial modeling and help people address concerns that they have about their financial life, whatever that may be. Chances are in all the years that we've seen it or been there before or found or know how to help you analyze that problem. And again, we have hourly and comprehensive retainer fees. We have somebody come in sometimes wanting to work out, getting closer to retirement, thinking they may be forced out, want to know, can I afford to retire and not have to find another job or go back to work? Um, and then what does that mean for future spending? How do I use opportunities? How much should I be putting in company plans versus Roth and all those different things? And people who are already in retirement, um, you know, looking at should if my minimum required distribution is delayed, should I still take it out, convert some to a Roth, um, my cash flow needs, all of that. And again, we've been doing this more than 35 years. One of our philosophies are plan for the worst and hope for the best. Um, and that'll give you peace of mind. And also is use the government's money when you can, which means if you're, you're being proactive about your plan. And if you can use strategies to redirect the amount that would be earmarked in taxes or other ways, or to get more net benefit and more money in your own pocket. So take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also visit the website and contact us for a consultation through the website. Sign up for the newsletters or you can listen to our previous podcast there as well at Financial foodforthought.com. All right. And that's Kara Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly. And Kara, I'm going to talk a little bit about a case study, you know, where um, we have a lot of clients who are looking at an opportunity with the required minimum distributions being suspended or eliminated for this year, and they've got some room on their tax return because they don't have to take out IRAs, but it also opens a door for opportunity for the Roth conversion that you had mentioned, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you do believe that it's time to seriously consider a democratic new tax agenda, 
you know, then you're probably in the camp that believes that income tax rates are going up, maybe even yours. Well, I think tax rates or whether it's just tax rates in general are going to go ha- going to have to go up. Look at states, cities, regardless. I right. mean, and so if they and especially tax. if now you're thinking we may lose the favorable long term capital gains rate or that those assets don't get a stub up in basis at the time of death, meaning you're leaving a tax liability to your heirs. It's kind of like a backdoor estate tax, in my opinion. Then, you know, the the other potential solution is the Roth IRA, which is an income tax free, um, you know, wrapper around it. You know, you still have life insurance which has got the tax free wrapper. And believe me, if the step up in basis goes away, wait till you see the life insurance agents come out of the woodwork, Gary. Get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because life insurance industry is very protective of their tax-free wrapper, and it's always been used as a, uh, a final measure in, in in what we would typically call mm-hmm. estate tax avoidance, right? right? Um, but you know, it, it, it's but back to the Roth. So, but before I do the case study, um, just a couple of things. You know, don't look now, but July fifteenth is here. It's actually on Wednesday, right? So the, you know, the your tax returns are due. You know, you remember, uh, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin a, a few weeks ago kind of said out, well, maybe I'm going to extend it again. Why did he do that? It just caused confusion. It caused huge confusion. Right. I don't know if he just thought of it on the cuff. Guess what? There is no more extension. Right. All right. Um, so, Carrie, do you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you got that form 4868 for me? Can you fill that before I leave? The, no, that's I already federal did extension? mine. But I was going to say I did mine by See, I got to start working 15. on my extension now. Why don't you just get it done? Um, now, the, <laughs> um, so you can still file for an extension. You know, right. you use federal form uh, Yeah, I don't even know what that is because I just don't want to worry about it the rest of the year. But the but the other thing is too. You also this is the weird year, so you still have time up to the fifteenth to make IRA contributions for last year or Roth IRA contributions if you've got the earned income and not too much earned income, right? If you fit the the thresholds. If you don't know those thresholds, check with your uh, tax preparer or you can you know you know check with your uh, financial planner. We we help our clients all the time. You know, looking at you know it's still time to do that. If you have HSAs health savings accounts. Mm-hmm. That has also been extended. You right. can still fund your 2019 health savings account if you're not at the max yet there, you know, up until uh, July 15th. I bet a lot of people don't know that, Mark. Okay. Um, and, you know, and what are those? And, and again, that's not a big amount, Carrie. I mean, if... But you know what? If it's a dollar going to the government or a dollar yeah, going to my pocket... it's like free money. But I'm just saying, I don't care what that is. I mean, that's why telling people, hey, would you rather pay yourself or pay the government? And actually, the CARES Act made HSAs more flexible, Carrie. Okay. Um, so the And those changes are permanent. These aren't, you know, the changes that the CARES Act made to the health savings account isn't just for 2020. It's, it's okay. permanent. So, you know, now over-the-counter drugs... You know, purchased after January first, twenty twenty, you can use your HSA. Okay, um, you know that 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 could be. Uh, let's see here, um, and okay, so here, over the counter drugs purchased uh, January one, twenty twenty, or later are now HSA and FSA. You know, flexible spending account eligible without a prescription. Those include pain relievers, uh, cough suppressants, antihistamines. And other drugs that treat issues for heartburn, acne, you know, all the feminine hygiene products carry all that now. You can just, you know, buy off the shelf and use your HSA if you want to. Now, if they rolled that into the medical deductions along with everything else. Um, So, you know, now what are those limits? Well, for 2020, well, for 2019. So we're talking about you can still fund 2019. Right. All right. Um, So if you're in the single plan, that's 3,500. If you're um, greater than 55, you get to 1,000 catch-up, it'd be 4,500. And then if you're in the family plan, it'd be 7,000. And then with the 1,000 catch-up for over 55, it'd be 8,000. Um, now, you got to be careful because if your employer is already you know, kicking some into the to, to the till there, you know, uh, if they're contributing some on your behalf, that counts to your overall contribution limit. So you have to figure out, you know, how much did your employer kick in 
as opposed to how much more you can kick in, right? And and you would find that information, you know, on your W-2, you know, in the box that there's a code, you know, for uh, the, the HSA contributions that were done, you know, through the calendar year. If Or you can always call your HSA custodian, or a lot of them, carry have websites that if you go onto the website, it'll immediately, you know, you know, get you in there, you know, and, you know, and, and tell you how much, uh, you have to more to contribute if you want to, to get your max. So as much as, you know, normally you may be doing an HSA contribution for the payroll deduction, carry. So that ended obviously on December 31st of 2019, but HSAs, you can just send in a check, you know, it doesn't have to be through payroll deduction. That's why, you know, it's, that's why this is an opportunity. And like you said, free money is free money. Um, so you get the tax deduction right. for the money that you contribute. Um, and when you take it out, it's going to be tax-free. Those are our favorites, by the way. And too many people, that's a great example, Mark, with the HSI of people missing opportunities. Um, and I know we haven't talked about it in a few weeks, but underutilized assets again, Mark. Um, I just wanted to mention to people, there's still whether it's life insurance, annuities, or things that you have already. Some people forget old savings bond, but trying to help people realize of what they have already and how to make it better and understand what they have. Only because we had a client a couple weeks ago that he had four annuities. He had a laddered concept, a short term, two moderate terms, and a longer term annuity. And actually one of them had a one of those guaranteed income riders that kept building based on age. He didn't want to turn it on yet. And one of the other annuities, the last two, three years, weren't doing well. They were all fixed equity index, and the, and the cap's getting lower. Even last year, when it was a good year, the caps kept dropping and dropping. Really not a great rate of return and not great options. He, he had plenty in cash reserve. He still had one of the annuities that was out of surrender. And he was saying, hey, can, can you know, what about, what if I go and get another annuity? Well, I actually made some phone calls with him. Um, we did conference calls and we found out the company that actually had the income rider was a flexible premium and he was allowed to um, actually take the money doing through a 1035 exchange tax-free exchange, take the money from one of those existing contracts, roll it into the guaranteed income rider, increase that because he thought it'd maybe turn it on in a couple of years, um, not restart surrender penalties because it was, I think it had one year left and the caps were actually better and it had that benefit without restarting another concept. So don't forget, you know, looking to see what you have. Can you make it better? Um, you can listen to our previous podcast on examples of that, but we're always looking that for our clients. And if you are interested, we offer a free consultation by phone or in person. Remember, We've been around 35 years, and um, what we do is that traditional financial planning number crunching to give people that unbiased objective analysis. When you get a recommendation from us, you're going to have the background on how that was calculated, whether it's timing of Social Security, pension elections, a buyout. Some people want to cash out their life insurance, and we can you know, do some number crunching. Does that make sense? Um, whatever it may be, or if you want help with designing it and modeling those life flow plans that we call them, about your financial future and run those different scenarios, um, give us a call. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Our home office is right in Middleburg Heights. Again, we're doing them by phone or in person. All right. All right, Carrie. So uh, with the case study. So the other thing too, of course, July 15th, is the weird year this year for tax purposes. It's the first and second quarter quarterly income estimated taxes are due. I think they should just skip like the quarterly and make it a third because how is that, you know, now a you're going to have a right or a half because now you're going to have, yeah, now a half because now you're going to have your taxes due. And if you have estimated payments, you're going to have to, that may hurt people um, or, or not, or it may hurt cash flow needs. So now, so we've had a lot of discussions with our clients regarding, you know, that how you work on your cash flow and your, and how you're going to pay estimated taxes in a year where there is no required minimum distribution. If, for example, Carrie, you were using your in required minimum distribution to help pay your taxes, right? 
So we're kind of in a we're kind of in a circular uh, dilemma here, you know, where we're saying, okay, well, uh, you know, I I normally since I have to take out a required minimum distribution, I would normally just at the end of the year uh, to finish off my required minimum or whatever, I may make a big withholding. In other words, one of the beauties about withholding, as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government treats it coming in evenly throughout the whole year, Gary, right? But um, so we had, a, you know, a lot of people just have gotten into that cycle where they say, OK, I, I'm going to take, uh, you know, I know I have a certain amount of required minimum that I have to get out. Now, some people take out more than the required minimum, right? Mm-hmm. Some people don't take, even don't have a required minimum, but they are still taking a systematic withdrawal. Not everyone can afford to wait till, you know, uh, 70 and a half, which, by the way, you know, if now is, uh, you know, the SECURE Act, now age 72, if you don't attain 70 yeah. and a half before the You know, first we don't talk year. about the SECURE Act because we have the CARES Act and we have all this other stuff going on. <laughs> people forgot that happened right after the first of the year. Well, yeah, right at the end of the right year. Right at the yeah. end, but, uh, but yeah. I'm just saying applied yeah. to 2020 starting. Um, so, you know, but so let's, so my case study is is just how, bringing a couple of these ideas together. So when we do the case studies, we try to, you know, bring to the table, uh, you know, the idea of how important coordinated advisors are and, you know, how, you, you know, you should be using sound financial strategies, Carrie, right? And and how you have to be active. You have to have an active planning process. You know, just because you were following a strategy last year doesn't mean you have to follow that same strategy this year or that you should be following the same strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be more fluid than that, especially in the year of uh, the COVID-19. All right. Because everything is different. We've had major tax law changes. We've got certain things that, you know, that are just, you know, giving opportunities for this year. Other other ones are more permanent, you know, that you have to change your planning in the future. You know, so it's very active. You know, it's it's not the idea that you do a financial plan once and you put it into the sock drawer for 30 years. You know, it doesn't work that way. Really, the, the, the financial planning process is the idea, the discipline to, to, to say, you know, that you have a plan scenario or a model that you're running that's giving you the idea of, you know, where you're going, what pathway you're going down. So you're not just, you know, flying by, you know, shooting from the hip. Right. But the idea is it's it, the discipline is that when reality changes, one of the assumptions that you've made, you know how to go in and manipulate your plan to up, you know, date it, to, mm-hmm. to revise it. So now you're back on the, the, the right path, right? That is the financial planning process. It's not static. It's not something you do once and you're done. All right. Um, and the more active you are, you know, our contention is the better retirement you will have um, for not only for you, but your heirs. Um, so, the so bringing a couple of these ideas together, um, you know, this is what happened this year, um, and this is this happened to many of our clients. Okay, so one of the things is they knew now, you know, that, that without the required minimum, they say, well, I don't, maybe I don't need to take money out because if the other sound advice or the sound financial planning is that. We try to have all our clients have an adequate cash reserve, Carrie, mm-hmm. right, to cover things <laughs> and when things go di- differently. So you're not forced. I mean, having a cash, re- an adequate cash reserve provides a lot of flexibility for things that are beyond your control. All right. Um, this year, there's a few of them. One, right. you know, that you don't want to sell your stocks low in a panic. You know, you don't need to do that if you've got your cash reserve that you can rely on for spending and give time for your stocks to come back, right? Um, two, um, you know, what I'm talking about today is the idea that maybe in, in the past you were always using your required minimum distribution to cover withholding that you needed to cover your safe harbor. So, Carrie, so remember, let's go to that back to the basics. There's two safe harbors when we talk about estimated taxes, meaning that it's okay to owe money on April 15th or this year, July 15th, mm-hmm. right? Um, as long as you don't owe too much. Right. Because if you owe too much, you could get penalized, you know, interest and maybe right. penalty if it's substantially underpaid, right? So, to stay away from those interest charges or penalties, the government gives us two safe harbors. 
Now, the first one's called the previous year safe harbor. Right. And that's pretty simple. That just says as long as you've paid in timely 100 percent of your previous year's tax, you're covered. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, the only caveat to that is if in the previous year your adjusted gross income was in excess of one hundred and fifty thousand for federal estimated tax purposes, you have to pay one hundred and ten percent of that. OK, Ohio's just 100 percent rule. All right. So the second safe harbor is called the current year safe harbor. And under the current year safe harbor is the, the idea that, hey, you, as long as you've got paid in again, timely, mm-hmm. at least 90 percent of what your actual tax liability winds up to be, you're covered mm-hmm. under the current year safe harbor. Now, you don't have to tell the government which one you're using. Okay. The one you used last year may not be the one you choose to use this year. That's okay. You may change it again next year. But a lot of people just default because it's easier to the previous year. Well, that's because a lot of the robots default to the previous year. They don't know what you're. Right. So if you're using a robot to prepare your taxes. What do you mean? Like the TurboTax, the. Yeah, or any 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 tax software. Even if you're going to a professional who's using tax software. Right. The, the the tax software defaults to the previous year safe harbor. In other words, generally that's a known value. Yes, it's not. It it doesn't know any better when it's when it's normally filing. You know, you're trying to file by February to get your refund, right? Which again, we don't recommend. But you know, right. but in other words, so the robots don't know any better. So it's just going to default to the previous year safe harbor. Which we have a lot of people coming in. Oh, I didn't know I could. I mean, there's how many people don't realize. They just think that's the way it's supposed right. to be. So sometimes a robot forgets to ask you, do you want to look at the current year safe harbor? Mm-hmm. Now, certainly the software allows you to do that. It's just not the, maybe the default. Mm-hmm. The second part, the second problem is, Carrie, in that same robot logic, it's going to assume that whatever you had withheld in the previous year is going to be the exact same withholding this year. That may be a bad assumption. Correct. Especially this year when you're not planning on doing a required minimum distribution where you had withholding last year. You see the problems that were that's coming. Right. All right. Um, so you might be paying more to the government than you should in those estimated payments. You may be paying a lot less. Right. In other words, a robot said you got to make a thousand dollar quarterly estimates because it's assuming that you're going to have five thousand dollars withholding from your IRAs. And you don't have $5,000 withholding from IRAs because you didn't have to do the RMD and you only made the $1,000 payments. Guess what? You're going to be short. You could be short or you could be overpaying either way. Right. Because if some people say, have a large IRA that's right. throwing them over another tax threshold. Right. So in the, in other words, you know, that's where you, you say, okay, you know, now it, part of the confusion this year was that the government... You know, when they extended because of the pandemic, when they extended the due date of the return to July 15th, they had to kind of extend the first and second quarter estimates. Because how do I know what my estimate is if I haven't filed my return? So typically the first quarter estimate is due April 15th, the second quarter, June 15th, the third quarter, September 15th, and the fourth quarter, January 15th. Okay. Um, now, so, so, so in the case study that I was talking about, so we had the client carry, right? And yeah, what we, what, what, what they said is, you know, Hey, I don't have to do my required minimum. Um, and, and the way they're, they work with a a CPA and, and, you know, and and the coordinated advisors. So we got on the phone with the CPA and the client. We said, okay, let's put a plan together this year. Because, you know, I'm, you know, if I don't have to do my RMDs, I'm not going to um, because I don't want to pay the taxes. And I don't need it for cash. And I've got my cash reserve. The client, you know, we had their cash reserve. And I just need, and so the CPA said, fine, forget about the coupons that we sent you earlier. They're null and void. I'll send you the new coupons because now you still have to cover, you know, now we're jumping to a current year safe harbor, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, okay, what is the tax going to be? And we have to adjust the coupons because we're not going to have any withholding on RMDs. And everything will be fine. But we went one step further. You know, so one of the other active planning, right, because we brought up to the client, hey, this may be a good opportunity for a Roth conversion. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because he wasn't thinking of raw. Because normally, again, Carrie, as you know, your required minimum distributions, you are not by law allowed to convert those to Roth IRAs. Which is a great reason why this is a huge opportunity this year in 2020. So we got on the phone, the next phone call, we, we coordinated advisors, we got with their, the client's investment advisors mm-hmm. who are managing the IRA. And we said, look at, are there any positions that have come down in value because of the, you know, recession? And because and, and, we're thinking about doing a Roth conversion. See, it's a good time perhaps to do a Roth conversion when your stocks have been, you know, right. gone down. In other words, if you're going to hold them anyways because you believe they're going to come back, well, the idea is you know, if you convert them at a lower, and if they have a depressed price, you're converting them at a discounted tax cost. Right. So now you can keep the same positions, but now they're just in your Roth IRA. So when all the regrowth comes back, it'll all be tax free in your Roth mm-hmm. IRA. So that's so there here lies the opportunity, right? So so now we're saying so now we're coordinating all the advisors. So the the CPA knows that he's got to revise the um you know the but now we're telling the CPA, hey, build in a Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. In other words, so now we don't have a required minimum, but we are thinking about doing a Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how much of a Roth conversion do you do, Carrie? I don't know. We're going to run a few scenarios. Let's I'm guessing. run a few scenarios because now we're back to those tax thresholds. Now we're right. playing the tax limbo game. So for this client, we said, well, one, how about, you know, in other words, so we first show him what his taxes would be if he does no With, R, without any RMDs necessary. And no Roth conversion. And no Roth conversion. And he's in a really good, you know, low tax bracket. As a matter of fact, he hasn't even maxed out his 0% long term capital gain and qualified dividend rate. Okay. Right. Um, And so and so we said, okay. so we said, well, how much of a Roth conversion could you do to max out your zero percent long term capital gain rate? And that came out to be about a fifteen thousand dollar Roth conversion. Okay. Okay. We went one step further and said, well, you know, actually, when would you lose the marginal twelve percent? Because that's a pretty attractive rate. That's what a lot of people today think. I don't know how long that twelve percent is going to be around. Especially okay. if the democratic socialists, you know, get control, right? So to, to so we had some room there, Carrie. That's a forty thousand mm-hmm. dollar Roth conversion. Okay. All right. Um, and he's still in that twelve percent rate. Um, now he's lost the zero percent capital gains rate, but he's still it's at the zero percent capital gains rate, Carrie. That's a soft threshold. You know, it's not. It's right. just the money. You still get the zero percent up to the you know that the, amount. The, and, and for again, for a married filing jointly, um, you know, that's about eighty thousand dollars. Of um, you know of income. Now, um, all right. So then, so that so the third one was you know doing a forty thousand dollar Roth conversion to max out twelve percent. The the taxpayer, the client, he wanted to say, well, Mark, what if I just did what my required minimum was going to be? Okay, so his required minimum was going to be fifty three thousand dollars. So he said, well, what if I just converted that? Okay. And so we showed them what that would be, right? Um, and then we went one further, which was a lot of our clients, you know, where they wanted to max out the threshold that takes their, you know, modified adjusted gross income up to where their Medicare premiums don't go up. Mm-hmm. You know, again, so for this year, um, well, we don't, you know, we, we remember there's a two-year window there, right, Carrie? In other words, for 2020, it was based on your 2018 return. Right. Your 2019 return will affect your 2021 um, so we did that. And so currently that number is like 174,000 okay. for married jointly modified just gross income. You got to add back in your muni, which this client had. Right. So we got to add that. But so we showed them that and that was a $75,000 Roth conversion. Okay. So now, and so then, so we're running, so we're coordinating that with the, te- the CPA. So we're running the tax pro formas. Um, and we know, and then, and now we've got the investment advisor. He's identifying which, Assets it makes it uh, are appropriate to convert over to Roth or IRA right now, and getting all those ducks in a line ready to go. Um, and he, and and you don't have to do it all in one day, right? You, you know, because it's still early in the year. You could do some now and some later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to do the Roth conversion all at once. Um, and and you know, but you can see how. And and then once the the client decides what level he's comfortable in doing. 
All right, now, even if he's not implementing the Roth conversion today or before July 15th, he's planning on doing that. So at least now we know what to make the July 15th quarterly estimates to be. Mm -hmm. Because now we're basing it on this, you know, one of these scenarios that he's he's most likely going to do. Right. Okay. Um, but you got to stay active because that may change before the September 15th estimate. Right. We'll go back again and, and say, revisit and, re- and re- yeah, review. Are the assumptions still good? Has something changed? You know, and, and again, we'll do it before the fourth quarter estimate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you know, he's got the, ca- you know, he's got his cash reserve and, and, and if he changes his mind and he says, Oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to do the Roth conversion, but at least now he, it, once he picks a, a level, he thinks he's going to do. Um, the other thing is if we does see a big, if we see a double dip, right. Or, or if we see the market go down, um, he'll be ready to act mm-hmm. because now his investment advisor knows he wants to implement one. He's already identified or he will identify which you know positions he would, he would recommend to the client to move over to Roth IRA. So it's just now where everything's ready to go. And that's financial decision making based on objective analysis, based on projections, based on good information versus making financial decisions, which a lot of people do based on emotions and feelings, which sometimes actually ends up hurting you financially in the longer run. And that's, Mark, a great example of just, I mean, that's one example of the type of analysis we do for people all the time. That same scenario, we're going to look at year-end planning and whether it's a Roth conversion or some people want to pull money out of their IRA for spending, maybe up to how much, maybe they're not going to do spending this year, but maybe early 2021, they're hoping to travel and, and be able to spend that. So you want to maybe max out those lower brackets. We do that, you know, or annuities or whatever that is. So if you want to take advantage of our free consultation and see what we do and how we might be able to help you call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit our website. You can check out our previous podcast, sign up for newsletters, and you can contact us for a free consultation there as well. All right. And that's Kara Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly. And and Carrie, there, there is still one other um, relief you know, if you if you're dealing with estimated tax payments, and again, let's say you've had to switch over to quarterly estimates because you don't have withholding opportunities, right? So remember that concept. You know, the quarterly estimates are timed, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people say, well, how closely does the IRS watch that? Well. Or when is actually the due date? So according to the IRS website, you know, if you mail your estimated tax payment and the date of the U.S. postmark is on or before the due date, the IRS will generally consider the payment to be on Gen- See, that's so, there we go on our IRS, so, generally. So if the postmark is on or before the, okay. Um, now, you can pay direct, you, you, you know, you, you can use IRS direct pay. Right. And you can make payments up to 8 p.m. Eastern time on the actual due date. Okay. Um, Or you could use a credit card or debit card, and then you can make payments up to midnight on the due date. Okay. Now, the reason why I mentioned that is because we've had some of our clients' CPAs said they've seen notices where the IRS is questioning if it's postmarked on a mail in the mail, but they don't receive it by the due date that they're questioning that. Oh, geez. Well, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com and have a great weekend. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.